0: Hey, night owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: And now that it's November, we actually have two really exciting ones lined up that I realized the other day we probably should have flipped the order, but whatever. Here we are. So I'll, I'll explain to you why. You're looking at me like you can't- you I thought about island. it earlier is why. <laughs> okay. I never said anything to you. It just like dawned on me the other day and I never texted you about it, but- Great minds. So this one, we're doing domestic thrillers. So like- any thrilling novel about a family unit or families or whatever so shouldn't it be at the end of November when we're celebrating American Thanksgiving where people like have spend time with their families right uh, then, I should have thought about that because yeah, then our next one is a political thriller and when does American elections happen early in November we did not think we were so excited on our two topics because they both perfectly fit in November we just didn't line them up
1: we didn't plan like yeah. which book we should have read first so oh, that's, that's on it, us. Yeah. It's more fun this way. Yeah. I think so too. on purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah. We just want to keep everyone on their toes that even though I just told everybody that it that's not what it was. But that's fine. So this episode is domestic thrillers. We've never really done like this specific kind of topic. I think we've read books that are that like would totally fit in this topic.
1: Yeah, we've done other like family dynamic um like Mm -hmm. themes. So that's basically the same thing.
0: Yeah. It's just specifically a thriller this time. So, yeah. Yeah. So the book that I did is Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby. Sounds Um, intense. Yeah. Right. So it was one of my book of the month picks and it's only from like two or three months ago. So this is probably one of the earliest quickest that I've read a book of the month lately. So I'm really proud of myself for that. I'm proud of you. Um, So this book starts off with the murder of a gay couple. And not just like a normal murder of a gay couple, hate crime type of murder. They are both, they are gunned down in front of, I think like a wine bar or something and shot in the face, like double tap, both of them shot in the face.
1: Seems personal.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, so this is not just like some, like, oh, I hate gay people. I'm shooting people kind of a killing. And so that kind of is like what is kicking off our story. And so the story is actually about their dads. And so the two dads is, it's Ike Rudolph and Buddy Lee, I feel like it's Buddy Lee Jenkins. Buddy the Elf, it's Buddy the Elf. (laughs) Um, And so both dads like never really accepted their sons when they came out. Like they didn't actively like hate them. They didn't kick them out of the house. They, one of them, I can't remember which, did think that maybe like beating the gay out would work. not good Uh, spoiler alert yeah that did not work um and like they kind of thought like they had that way like well maybe if I just make him do manly things that'll show him not to like the boys
1: works every time (laughs)
0: yeah and like one of them found out so buddy lee I think it was buddy lee found out that his son derek was he like walked in on him kissing another boy or something when he was like 14 or something like that so like that's how he knew And then um, Isaiah actually had to come out. Isaiah or Isaac? Oh gosh, I can't remember. It was a little bit ago that I read this and now I'm totally spacing. Well, I think it's Isaiah. I'm pretty sure. That's how I read it the whole time in the book. It was only once I said it that I thought-
1: with your instinct.
0: Um, Isaiah actually had to like come out to his parents Mm -hmm. and um, his mom was definitely like more accepting. It kind of like took her a little bit to like accept it and like figure out like what was going on which kind of understandable like so um Derek and Isaiah are like our age they're like mid well I guess they're mid-30s maybe but like I feel like when they came out like that was kind of normal of some parents like it might take a little bit longer but his mom came around um Derek's mom so she was so Buddy Lee is divorced from Derek's mom and she lives with she like remarried this like super rich judge guy and she she straight up kicked him out the house was like you can't come back like the judge run is like a conservative judge and like i think at the time maybe he was a lawyer and he was running for judgeship or however that works and what they were like yeah no uh we're like conservative you gotta go so buddy (laughs) lee like not a great not a great person but at least he didn't like kick his son out um there's that I suppose (laughs) so both dads have also been to prison they both served prison time Um, Oh, they both killed people in the past I don't think that that's what they I think Ike went to prison for killing one person I think he like took the fall or something like that and so he went to prison it was a gang related murder so I don't know that it, it was like a murder murder that he went down maybe it was manslaughter which is why he's out now Um, Mm. but he was in prison for most of Isaiah's life like probably like 15 years or something like that and then Buddy Lee has also killed people I can't remember if that's what he went to prison for but I know he took the fall for somebody maybe they both took the fall for someone maybe not maybe only Buddy Lee did these aren't super important details but So, yes, they've both been in prison and like they both spent like a good chunk of time in prison, Uh, but they're out now. They serve their time. They're out now. They're both on like the straight and narrow. Ike has um, like a lawn maintenance company that's like pretty successful. It's doing really well. Uh, Buddy Lee is living in a trailer about to be evicted from the trailer park because he can't pay rent. His life is not. As great, not good, yeah. Because uh, after the sons were killed, he had requested bereavement time from his boss so he could. Go. I think he was like a trucker or something like that. Asked bereavement time to you know go to the funeral, and his boss said no, so he quit. Oh my Un- gosh, yeah, understandable, obviously. Like I yeah, would too. I'm definitely gonna quit. This is my son. Eh, he's dead now. Awful. Um, and like no parent is supposed to outlive their child. Like that's not what you want. Have the natural uh, order. Yeah, and so they. I go to the, they obviously go to the funeral and the priest pastor guy that they got to speak is like very anti-gay. And so like a lot of the thing was like, how God will forgive them for their abominable sins and everything like that. So not a great choice for uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: And so that all happens. Like that's super early on. And then we are like we meet the cops who were investigating this murder and they have no leads it's basically going to go to a cold case at this point like they have nothing new to tell us they don't know what happened um and buddy lee goes to ike at one point and it's like hey like i mean i think like we need to do something for our voice like we need to investigate this somebody should um because ike has a hand tattoo of like whatever gang he was involved in he hasn't got it removed yet and so like buddy lee is like I mean I see you got that. Like, hey, I want to like let's let's do something. Um and I was like, nope, I don't like I don't do anything with that life anymore. I'm very like straight, like I don't I haven't even gotten a speeding ticket or a parking ticket, like I don't do anything like that anymore. Mm-hmm. But he was like, all right, like fine, I understand. Whatever, goodbye. And they never really talked before, like they didn't meet at the wedding because I don't know that either one of them ever went to the wedding um Derek and Isaiah had adopted or I guess they didn't adopt they had a baby so they had a surrogate carry we don't know I don't they don't really talk about like whose sperm it was how that worked out um but they had a surrogate carry their child so they have like a three-year-old girl uh when they were killed and so Maya who is Ike's wife and um Isaiah's mom that's, that's who they listed to take care of her after, if should they pass um mm-hmm. so that's who she's staying with um and then something happens to their headstone it's like defaced and smashed like within like a week or two of the funeral like really terrible slurs are written on it um, oh my god
1: so there's a lot of homophobia in this book
0: yes a lot of homophobia a lot of racism
1: oh good i'll yeah. add that trigger warning
0: yes um and so um ike so the uh the cemetery folks call ike and they're like hey like something happened to the headstone and he's like what happened and they're like because he's like just lawn maintenance he's like "Did like one of your guys like hit it with the truck like accidents yeah. happen like and the guy's like no man, just come down here like j- just come down and see and so oh. he goes and he sees it, and he's like, "Okay, my wife is gonna come down later today. You're gonna get this cleared up." He's like, "I'm gonna call her, and I'm just gonna tell her that one of your trucks backed into it," to so like basically like save her having to know that there's these t- right. T- Please t-
1: lie to her. Yeah,
0: I was like, "That's I'll, I'll accept lying in that time. Lying to your spouse, that's acceptable." And so I reaches out to buddy lee and is like hey yep i'm in like let's figure out what happened like it's like we're just gonna like talk to people like we're just like some old guys by that i mean they're like they're not even that old they're probably in their like late 40s maybe 50 like they're not that old of dads um but well like, if they had sons that have a kid
1: and they had their sons younger yeah they could easily be in their like maybe mid 40s
0: yeah i think it's like mid to late for 40s Maybe fifty, like maybe fifty total. Um, but he's like, we're just gonna like talk. Like, I'm I'm not trying to like do anything. But he's like, yeah, definitely, let's do it. And so they, and so then like, so you kind of like, I like how this book was written. Is that it's not chapter by chapter. You're getting people's point of view. We'll just like swap a point of view, and like it's very clear. Like there's like a line, and like you know that you're like,
1: okay, so it's obvious.
0: Yeah, like you're not getting confused at all where you are. Uh, and it's not like any of it is like first person it's all what that would ever be like third person you're just kind of like getting third person from somebody else's world and so you jump over at one point to this guy who's like a biker gang guy who's on a phone call about and he's talking to somebody who we don't know just this mysterious voice man about Mm -hmm. killing that gay couple and there's a girl out have you found her like you need to deal with her what's going on you failed by just killing them what yeah and so you're like okay obviously their murders were personal like they were like a hit out yeah they were murdered for a reason which makes sense the double tap like all those things who is this other person who is involved in this like what in the world is going on who is this girl that we need to go find like are they talking about the daughter like what that was my first thought but I was like why would they want to kill a child that's small that doesn't know. make
1: sense but yeah. like if they did
0: what the why yeah, but we need to take up the entire family like that's so weird what is going on yeah. and none of their friends will talk to the cops like that's like what that's... Ike has like found out like Ike talked to the cops and we're like okay have you talked to any of the boys friends and they're like they're not really forthcoming with any information so you're just like why is it just like a healthy skepticism of cops and we just don't want to interact with them or do they know something right and so the biker guy is like after he's like oh we got to figure out who this girl is like where she's at he sends two like initiates maybe probies if you will people who want to join the gang but aren't in the gang because they need to like do something hazing. to prove themselves yeah like gang hazing where you have to like kill somebody before you can be in the gang kind of a thing like so they're right what i can't remember what they called but they're like initiates basically something like that and he's like go pledges there the <laughs> we go yes pledges just like a sorority it's gonna be i know it would be a fraternity because they're boys but i don't like that so i'm gonna call them a sorority of biker gang boys that's my new favorite thing Yes, I love it. Oh my gosh, it's so much better when you think of them that way. Less scary, I think. Scary for yeah. different reasons, maybe. They actually. seem more fun now. Yeah, like they would know where all the good parties are, but you can still never get out. Oh Ever. God, I love it. They're with you forever for the rest of your life. I mean, yeah, gang rules yeah um and so he the like leader bike guy uh, i don't remember his name doesn't really matter i mean like if you read the book it matters it doesn't matter for my retelling uh he sends these two pledges to the boy's home he's like go find out what's going on like find like see if they have any notes anywhere about where this girl is tangerine tangerine is her name so we're oh, like oh that's a name okay, okay. tangerine all right um so they're headed out there at the same time though we know that Ike and Buddy Lee are also headed to the boys house because they've like well we might as well like start and look around because they had they found out I can't remember exactly how oh no I think they went by going maybe to did they go to one of their works first I think they went to one of their works first so one of them was a reporter so I think maybe they like went by his work oh because I was like I take it back okay so they went by the works first because they wanted to be like hey like why are your why are these people who like are supposedly friends with our kids why are they not talking to the cops like maybe we can just like talk to them and like pull their heartstrings and convince them to talk to the cops so they go to the one I think I think it's Isaiah is the uh reporter so they go to his job and they like talk to some people there and they're like oh yeah like he was gonna write this this whole thing on this girl tangerine like there's one thing he was so angry like her boyfriend dumped her and he was so angry about it and um oh wait no it must have been Derek it was Derek who worked but okay mm, it doesn't matter sure one of them worked there I question everything now um so yeah but either way they were like they were so angry so one of the boys was super angry about tangerine's boyfriend had dumped her like and we don't know why that's like all oh, we really know and that they were gonna like write this like expose they're gonna tell all oh. and so it's like so they're like okay well we need to find tangerine because tangerine she obviously knows what the heck is going on she probably has a really good idea why our boys were killed and so then they go to i think that's when they decide to go just go look at their house like maybe they like left some notes they knew that they were they had an office like a home office they don't know a whole lot about their lives obviously they're not super involved but they do know that there's a home office and so okay. they're headed there at the same time these pledges are headed there. So the dads oh, no. get there first. And um, I think Ike had a spare key or something like that. Or they like knew where the spare key was. I think maybe Maya. Maya Ike's wife probably had a spare key. Ike himself did not have a spare key. But Maya, sense. yeah, Maya either had it or she knew where they kept it like under in the fake rock or whatever, mm-hmm. um, under a frog, whatever you want to keep. That's it. Don't, yeah, so don't ever keep um, PSA saving lives don't keep a key under a fake frog. Everyone will find it. It's obvious. Everyone will look under the frog, okay? Um. And so they're in there and they like split up and like one of them goes upstairs and downstairs and they're kind of like looking around and then the pledges show up. So Buddy Lee is downstairs and Buddy Lee this whole time has also had this like really bad cough, like debilitating cough or like he is not getting oxygen in and he's like oh, coughing up no. f- like kind of bloody phlegm. Like he is not yeah, yeah, he needs he needs to go to the ER. He's not doing well. No. So he's downstairs when these pledges come in and they like sort of get the jump on him, but I mean, he's a fighter. Like he was in prison. He's still like fairly kind of spry. Like or at least really like he's he fends himself, I bet. He's angry and he has yeah. a lot of anger and like these like life's fighting skills. They don't just go away because you get old and you're not using them anymore. So might be slower, but you can still do it. Yeah. So he's like holding his own with these kids, kind of like taking them out pretty good. Oh yeah um and then ike sneaks up behind them and like smashes them like over the head with like a toilet bowl lid or whatever oh it's such a great scene it's so good. oh my god it
1: sounds amazing i love and it so
0: they leave they're like okay well yeah we got to go and like this is just like more and more stuff where they're like hey they were the boys were clearly murdered we know that they were murdered what in the world is going on where is tangerine but they take oh she's a redhead in. so i'm not gonna tell you so the two pledges one of them is like a kind of a bigger kid and the other one's like a scrawny little kid so they take the scrawny little kid because he's light and easier to roll up in a rug and take with them so they take him away to go ask him questions and so they ask him questions in like the mean way where you know they break things and pull things out of you and
1: aggressive book
0: yeah it's a lot it's very aggressive um there's a lot, which I mean, it's, but it's done well. Like, okay. yeah, like they are, like they do, like they get in a lot of fights. They, a lot of people die. A lot of things happen, but it's done in such a way. Like you, I was pulled in and like, it's not like gross tech. Like it's not grotesque. We're not like, is not it gory? Out. It's not even gory. No, like, you know, it's happening. Hmm. You know, somebody's get like, getting the crap beat out of them and let like somebody gets put through a wood chipper after they die. Like, you know, but not in detail happened. Yeah. It's just like, Oh yes, yeah, so we like threw them through the wood chipper and mixed them into the mulch. Okay. As long as it's just said like this is a thing that happened.
1: And yeah. I don't like when they delve into the details and start talking about like specifics like that. No. Like I
0: don't like I don't like that kind of like uncomfortable. Yeah, I think like thing. the grossest, ickiest, goriest thing is when they talk about Buddy Lee's bloody phlegm. He's copping up coughing up. Yeah, it's like, nasty. I can just like a mat and then I get like the throat sweats of like the lit.
1: Yeah, it makes me like, ugh.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah and so the like bigger pledge finally like wakes up and he like has to like stumble back to gang sorority land and he's like so they took my friend uh but like i saw the the name of the company on the truck and so like now they're involved and then the mysterious like phone like voice on the phone it's like still calling like mm-hmm. the leader guy being like what is gonna happen so now basically everyone everyone and their mom is looking for tangerine and like the cops keep kind of showing up being like hey like you don't do any of this stuff on your own and they're like we're not duh like we're a bunch of old men we're just asking questions we're just being obviously we're not we're not like smashing (laughs) displays at a bakery where one of our sons used to work that would be weird we wouldn't do that um so yeah so basically it's like them kind of like going around trying everything they can think of to find tangerine and the gang is also trying to find tangerine for the mysterious voice on the phone um like i said a lot of people die there's a lot of character growth in the book though so like buddy lee has basically so he's white um ike is black i don't know that i mentioned that earlier in the story but buddy lee has basically spent his entire life poor white trash trailer home like not he hasn't done a whole lot like he's definitely struggled but he also hasn't really interacted with very many black folk in his life and so at one point so like as he's like spending time with Ike he'll say something and Ike will just be like no you don't get to say that like what the hell like and like we'll call him out but on like in a very good like in a way we're also Ike's not gonna fight him he's like you're old as hell you're gonna learn so like I think one of the best ones was like um because Ike has this like really well performing lawn care business and Buddy Lee is like I would trade you in a heartbeat for that and i was like really would you trade like he's like you would be me be like black me like you're gonna get pulled over for no good reason like four times a month I'm mm-hmm. like, or you, do you want to be the black me who gets followed in a store like and he like goes on this whole like monologue basically of it and at the end buddy lee is like well i mean i, I never thought about it that way so i guess maybe i guess maybe not like i don't i don't know and like you like slowly see that like for the first time mm-hmm. in his life like buddy lee is like questioning things about like good. his upbringing and stuff so like there's like a lot of really good like character growth that way i also has some like so both of these dads like obviously like i said in the beginning they were struggling with the fact their son's sexuality mm-hmm. and now they're like regretting it more than anything they're like they're like if i could have him back i would not care that he is gay i do not care who he loves i don't care about anything if he would just be Aww. alive it's a so, nice like, message yeah so they're like super struggling with that like oh my gosh all these like terrible things that i said and they talked to the boy's friends who are like well i mean like you were kind of really terrible to your kid and they're like yeah i know and they have to like go to like a gay bar at one point to like question some people or like try to get information and like so there's like all of those and that's like where they do it that's kind of like where ike gets called out and that's where his he starts to be like oh crap like Maybe like I wasn't a great father, but maybe I can be, if I can get this figured out and wrapped up, maybe I can be a better grandfather kind of a thing. Um, super good. The book does use the N-word, but it's, I mean, it's written by an author of color. It was written by a black man. So, and also it makes sense in the story, but I do want to say that because I know some people are uncomfortable reading that. Um, yeah. And if that's you, that's
1: maybe skip over,
0: skip over this book. Um, but it wasn't I don't feel like as a white person, it was overused. It was always used in places that made sense. Um, I mainly am bringing that up because I have seen recently arguments of folks saying like, oh, it shouldn't be in books. But when the racist white gang guy is going to be a racist, crappy person, he's going to say terrible racist things.
1: Yeah. But I like happen. that there was character growth. It seems like very... Mm-hmm like kind of real especially considering their age like some of the some of the things they're like their generation having to like understand like how the world has has evolved Mm -hmm. in the last 50 years so it sounds like they handled it probably uh, as appropriately as they could
0: and even like one of like the gang guys i can't remember if he's like the number one or the number two but even like he has a little bit of character growth kind of towards the end where he just like not a lot but like a little bit where he starts to like question things like he starts being like worried about like karma and like should he really be doing this because random mysterious voice on the phone told him he needs to like what are his ties to this person and we don't really know I mean I know because I read the book but you guys don't know what the ties are yet Mm -hmm. and you don't know what the ties are at the time that he's starting to just like slightly question like not question enough to stop or anything like that or like speak up but he just like it's a little bit even a little character growth of like really racist guy it was like basically a skinhead, but like one step down, I think is how they explained it. Like like the KKK, the skinheads, this gang, they call themselves like the the real blood or the mm. make them bleed for the breed. That's right. They're, they're the real White supremacists. Breed. Yeah. But they're, they're the one step down and I can't remember why, but they explained how they're just one, one step down. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of nuances there. Yeah, but uh, great book, five out of five. It pulls you in super quick. All of the characters are easy to like and like understand where they're coming from. Like even like dumb gang guy, like that one is. There's a twist towards the end. Not, a, I was off by miles, never would have saw it coming. Huh. Uh, yeah, not a clue in the world that that's where this was going, that that's what happened. Um, there's like a tiny, small one. And then the big one, and a. I didn't see a single one coming, um, Love that. Like, liked how it ended, uh, kind of, you get a bit emotional and they're like, they play with your emotions in like a really good way. Um, I could have easily read it in one sitting, but I just didn't have the time to do it, but easily one that could have like started at like 6 PM and finished at 2 AM. Okay. So right. highly recommend. Nice.
1: Well, uh, I picked one that I don't know if you've read it yet, but I know you have it. You've got um, So Apples Never Fall by Lane Moriarty.
0: Oh, I haven't read it, but I want to so bad. Oh, I forgot you did this one. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. So I will be careful too, to not give any spoilers because you are going to read it. So I will do very wide, wide picture. Anyways, I loved this book. Um, I did start with reading it, but uh, I don't know. I'm just not as fast at reading as I used to be considering, you know, like being an adult there's a lot of other things you need to be doing with your time than sitting and reading. So, I ended up buying it on Audible because I was like I'll just buy some extra credits whatever. Um I did listen to it at like two times speed. <laughs> yeah, I just like slowly built up to it. I loved listening to it though, honestly. So, I'm actually excited that you have it on the audiobook. Like I I was enjoying reading it and like I was I felt like I was getting through it pretty quickly just not as quickly as I wanted to. Um but when I was listening to it, so the family that this is about uh, the Delaney's they're based in Australia, so they live in Australia, and so when you're listening to it, the narrator has an Australian accent and the way that like her voice is, like she does voices for everybody and like I don't know it just really added to like the feel of it like it felt like it, this book is like super family dynamic like. Basically um it bounces around between like I think there's six yeah there's six different Delaney family members and so it it, I'm like I don't even know where to start because it's not written (laughs) linearly is the thing right yeah that's always the problem with these
0: books I've read almost all of her books I don't think any of them are very like linear,
1: linear okay well basically what the gist is is that the book kicks off there's a lot of like other people overhearing conversations by the Delaney family, which I thought was a really interesting way to like do it. Like there are a woman walks in and she sits down at a restaurant and the waitress overhears that they're talking about this thing and the waitress thinks that's really interesting. And then another family member, they're clearly siblings and the waitress is really interested in siblings. And this waitress means absolutely nothing to the rest of the story, but she's literally (laughs) here just so that someone can tell you what these kids are talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, I say kids, but they're like in their thirties to forties, basically. So the Delaney children, there are four of them. So it's Troy, Logan, Amy and Brooke. I didn't put that in age order. So don't worry about it, except Brooke. Um, and, uh, their mom is missing and their dad's being like super weird, chill about it. (laughs) So they get like, this text from their mother on Valentine's day, this book jumps between Valentine's day and then like the September before. And then it kind of works its way up to Valentine's Day. So like the end of the book is like, and on Valentine's Day, this thing happened. So I really like that. So you were basically following like, she's missing, the children are deciding like, do we want to follow a missing persons report? Like um, she sent us a text and she said she was going to be off grid. And then there was some like nonsensical stuff in there about like, magnolia daffodil 21 or something and like (laughs) they just kind of figured you know she's texting with her glasses off she's in her late 60s her husband's 70 um and like dad never said anything like about it being a thing and then they kind of realized that like no one had spoken to her about a week before that text and then no one's seen like heard anything from her and they found her phone under the bed which was like one of the things too so it's like but she doesn't even have her phone on her like i know you're going off grid but it seems really weird like she's never without her phone and like no one has any information about it and the dads is just like no i came home and she was gone we argued and then i left and then i came back and she wasn't mm-hmm. here
0: I'm a little suspicious if you ask me right like
1: it's really weird which is Probably like why they're trendy. Trying- i mean exactly that's ages of me old people can kill old people are murderers um not all of them obviously but they can be <laughs> i like i was just like old people are No, I meant, like, they could be. Um, Anyways, so they, like, kind of go back and forth at the beginning, like, do we file a missing persons report or not? After, I think, like, a week or 10 days or something, they're, like, okay, it seems a little weird, like, maybe we should just file a missing persons report and make sure. Um, But I think the older siblings were kind of pushing for it, and the younger sibling, Brooke, she kind of, like, wants to support her dad, and she's just, like, if he's not concerned, like, I don't know, but also it's weird. So, like, there's really just, like, everything is just these conversations between them and then you get to find out like about who each of them are so the delaney parents they uh joy and stan they are retired tennis coaches so they like to everybody have an idyllic marriage where you know they they have their four very tall children they're all over six feet tall oh,
0: wow. um,
1: <laughs> and they like they had you know a successful tennis careers until stan blew his knee out and so they decided we'll coach and they you know they like coach some people who one person who went to the Wimbledon, like, so basically everyone just thought they were perfect. Like they play, they still play doubles with each other like regularly and they always win. Like nobody beats the Delaney's he is like one of the things. He has the
0: energy to kill them.
1: Right. So he's like super fit. So they, yeah. they place it that he's like, he definitely could be doing this. So once the police get involved, I mean, obviously that's what they think, you know, the husband did it, Um, but he's not giving them any information. Like he won't talk about the, what their last argument was about. Like he won't say anything pretty much like he just kind of like gives him like a one-arm shrug for everything which is like really suspicious and he you know calls for a lawyer like fairly quickly too um I won't say that's suspicious always get a lawyer even if you're. I don't think that's suspicious uh actually I think it's smart especially like Mm -hmm. but I'm also kind of torn about it like I feel like if I was innocent I would probably end up saying stuff and not even thinking about asking for a lawyer do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like so we need a lawyer because we're gonna say a thing that like It makes it look bad. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's not what I meant, but they'll take it out of context. Anyways, um, so going back to September, the reason that September is the point which we are building up to February 14th, in which the day she goes missing, is that in September, so this retired couple, they're kind of, they don't have a lot to fill their day. They're bored, they don't have any grandchildren. Joy expresses on multiple occasions to the reader that she's frustrated that she doesn't have any grandchildren, but you can't push for it. Only two of her children are even in relationships. And you find out, because you kind of um, get to get a glimpse into each of the kids' lives too, that two of those, those two kids like just ended their long-term relationships. And so like there's like a lot of like Joy feeling kind of empty in her life. Um, and so one night, someone knocks on their door. And they open the door and this it's this young girl who's like tiny and petite and cute and that's that's who Joy is. She's like a tiny petite blonde woman who married this like six foot four big burly dude. <laughs> so they like had they, all big babies. Exactly. So all of her children are just tall. So like this little cute girl comes to the door and she's got like a cut on her face and she comes with a story that like I only had $20 in my pocket and I just kept like telling the cab driver to keep going until I hit $20 and then I just told him to stop the car and I got out and this house just gave me a good vibe. Mm,
0: Don't answer the door for strangers. Which is right. And Joy was like,
1: oh my God, what happened? Like, are you okay? Like, why are you here? Because at first they think like, maybe she's like one of our daughter's friends. Like maybe we know her, maybe that's why she came here. And she's like, no, no, like literally it was just like, I had a good vibe about this house. And they're like, oh, okay, that's kind of odd, but whatever. So she gives this like tale about how her boyfriend hit her, essentially is what she said. She's like, I didn't know where to go. We don't know anybody here. Like we just moved to the area. Like I don't have any money obviously, since she only had the 20 that she found in her pocket miraculously. And Joy's like, oh, poor baby angel. And she like gives her a bath and like sets her up in her daughter's room and like tells her she can stay. Stan's kind of like, okay, that's a little weird, but whatever, I guess. It's not... Yeah. I, I mean, I understand why Stan's like hesitant, like Joy very willingly just brought a stranger into her home, even after that person said that she didn't know them. And so like, she doesn't want to tell her kids, like Joy doesn't want to tell the kids that like, this girl is here. So this girl's named Savannah. And um, she's like, I feel like they're going to judge me. And so they kind of like, don't say anything. She like particularly like intentionally doesn't call her children about it, but they like slowly find out. And so like, there are these like conversations that you overhear. Sometimes it's like overhearing through a third party. And sometimes it's just like, like, it's funny. So like Brooke works, um, she has her own physiotherapy practice. And so like one of the conversations that like you, overhear Brooke having with her sister is like via a client of Brooke's so like this person is sitting in the waiting room and they're waiting for their appointment to start and they overhear Brooke and they like describe Brooke this like old lady is describing Brooke like I just think it's really interesting the way that they like the stories unfold you know like how they decide to like Lane decided or yeah Lane Moriarty how the author decided to like set that up um i just never really see anything like that like watching the characters from a a completely irrelevant third party's point of view um but basically they're having these conversations once they find out that savannah's staying at their parents house and they're like who is this girl like why would they do this this definitely seems like scammy like that's super suspect and her mom invites everybody over for dinner to meet savannah I was kind of upset about it. Um, it's father's day. So they have like traditions and stuff and Savannah has been cooking for the parents. And so she, that's like how she's contributing to their household right now is like, she's just decided she's going to stay indefinitely. Um, I think one or two of the, uh, siblings had met Savannah before father's day, just like briefly because it stopped by the parents' house. But like on father's day is when everybody actually like comes to the house to meet her, like for their, real opinion about it um brooke's pretty upset like she's even there because she's like a daddy's girl and so she doesn't want to like share his attention and stan has started to like her because she's cooking all the time she cooks and she cleans and like
0: his his wife
1: his wife has like stuff to do so she's not like up
0: his ass she's probably (laughs) a little bit happier now because like she has somebody there who's younger to take care of
1: Right. It's yeah. like, they're like feeling like their lives have like kind of purpose now. Like they feel like they're supporting her trying to help her get back on her feet because like she doesn't have a job, nothing. Um, so she's literally just cooks for them. So, um, father's day comes up and savannah bakes brownies for Stan because it's Stan's favorite like that's what he told her and so she like makes these brownies and joy was like oh my god i can't believe you cooked brownies like amy the oldest daughter always cooks brownies for father's day it's like her signature dish it's like the thing she always does and so she tries to like make savannah like put them in the freezer like to save them for later she's like mm-hmm. just put them away like i don't want to like send my say throw them away like
0: throw them in no. the trash i was gonna be like that no don't do that. Okay.
1: Yeah, so they were just like we'll just put them in the freezer or whatever, but Stan was like no, it doesn't matter. We'll have a taste test. And I was like that's a terrible idea that's to pit no. your children up against this girl you don't even know.
0: Yeah. Um, listen, no, no.
1: Yeah. So like very family dynamic-y obviously. Um the kids start um kind of investigating Savannah because they think it's really suspect like her mom the well, they there. All there's two two boys, two girls, doesn't matter their mom. Um, so joy, like takes Savannah out shopping. And, uh, at one point joy has like a, like an episode, I think it was like a minor heart attack or something, or I can't remember. Oh, it was a, it was a kidney infection is what it was. And so she like faints. And so like Savannah takes care of joy when she's out of the hospital from it. Like, so everyone's getting a little bit jealous of Savannah and really suspect because she has access to like her parents, like everything. Like it's all at their house. Like her mom will literally just hand her the card to go grocery shopping. So like everyone's getting really concerned. And then Savannah's being kind of weird too, when Joy gets out of the hospital and Stan is like, I want her gone. And so it's like, okay, what happened here? Cause there's a lot of things going on at the same time, right? Like we're watching the kids try to investigate Savannah. So they like, they go, um, the boys are roped into helping savannah move her stuff out of her ex-boyfriends like the guy that she left because joy was like well you need to have these big burly men to come help you um like protect and uh it's like they go do that and like they're like pissed because they think this guy's like beating the shit out of his girlfriend but like the guy seems like this like Any Irish dude that probably wouldn't hurt anybody and they're like that seems weird but like everybody has tempers that maybe you don't. predict right so like there's just a lot of things that aren't adding up and seem really suspect. So the kids start doing their own investigations, because they want to basically like find out all this information and then bring it to their parents, they can't even find her like she doesn't exist like her name that they had to like kind of prod to get out of her. She like wasn't giving her last name, but when she finally did that she doesn't exist so. And like they talk to the ex-boyfriend and they find out a lot of things about her that she has said that are not true. Um, One of the sons is watching like a television program and this girl on TV is recanting her story of her domestic abuse. And it's the exact word for word what Savannah had told them. That was the biggest one for me. Like, I mean, all these other things are basically like circumstantial. Like he said, she said, you know what I mean? Like,
0: but that's pretty damning. You definitely have some questions, yeah
1: savannah keeps like saying that she has this like superior memory where she can remember basically anything that's like like, ever said and happened in her day
0: Idetic memory
1: she calls it like a highly intelligent superior memory but i was like that's basically what an eidetic memory is but isn't when you read every every you remember every oh i just bought my mic because i got too enthusiastic (laughs) um i think the difference here is that the eidetic memory is when you, you remember everything you've read, where for her, literally every single moment of her day, I she was, remembers.
0: I thought, or is it the same? I thought reading was photogenic. And then eidetic is everything that you read. And then like you can like recall a conversation you've had. Maybe there's a third one.
1: Maybe, but yeah, basically what she says that she has is that she can remember every single second of every single day, which obviously could be a blessing or a curse. Like you remember all the details, you remember all the details of your bad days
0: thing. Anybody ever said you can can remember it with complete clarity. No, thank you. I like to forget those and then embellish them and feel worse, but at least I can say I made it up.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the kids are trying to like kind of gather this information. Um, And so that's kind of going on through like September through December. Um, Savannah kind of pulls some sketchy shit too. So I don't want to tell you because you're gonna read it. Um, But in February, what's going on is that there's a police investigation happening people are like around the neighborhood area wherever city it sounds like it's not a huge place. Um, they talked about like a lot of like neighbors and things. So, I mean, they've lived there for a long time. They probably just know everybody. Um, so in February, obviously the police are focusing in on Stan and they're trying to get some information and they, they start also investigating Savannah because that seems really suspect. Um, I feel like I can't give you any information cause I know you're going to read it. I soon. Don't, I, I don't say- want to
0: tell like all of these things as soon as like you get the basics of it, it was like, I also had completely forgotten about this book, even though I just bought it like the audio version, like what, two weeks ago, I've already Mm -hmm. completely forgot that it was on my list.
1: I had to remind you, but anyways, the rest of this story is trying to figure out where joy is, um, going down some interesting leads that potentially lead nowhere. Um, some of them lead somewhere, obviously, But I'm not going to tell you what leads where Uh, there's a lot of uh, like suspicious behavior going on. Um, Just like they're kind of a dysfunctional family that in the end I feel they kind of turn it around so that it feels like a dysfunctional family but like, even though they are. Like there's redemption at the end like you can see that there, there's definitely like secrets in the marriage like the marriage is not you know the picture perfect that everyone thinks it is because they play doubles wasn't. well it yeah. never is you know Also,
0: like if the doubles is and the fact that they had tall children if that's all you need for a great marriage you know right you know how many people don't have a
1: great marriage <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, like the neighbors will talk about having been at their wedding 20 years ago, or I guess it's like 40 years ago or whatever. And like everyone, it was very clear that their, you know, like sexual chemistry was like very high. It's so they've always been that couple that's like super touchy and stuff. And so like everyone's just always thought that they they were perfect. Um they particularly have contention around the one student of theirs that went to Wimbledon and so there's honestly like a lot of very specific like dramas that are going on like for each family member and so like different family members will reveal their situation at different times um I really like that the different perspectives were really easy to follow in this book um because it's all just crazy one narrator right yeah, it was all just one narrator okay, and the same six core characters pretty much. I guess seven yeah. was Savannah and then her husband and this other tennis player pop in now and then. But for the most part, like it's it's very thorough. Like I feel like I get a really good picture of who each of the characters are. There's not a lot of character growth or development, but you can kind of see like you get some information about like who they were as children and you can kind of see how that like formed their adult life. Each of the children has like a very wide range of success. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, This was one of the best books I've read in a while. Oh, i yeah, so excited. Five out of five, five apples.
0: She's easily one of my favorite authors who I forget about. I've loved everything I've ever read from her. She is amazing, but then I forget about her. And then she does things like drop a book.
1: Did you watch Nine Perfect Strangers? So it's a Hulu
0: show. Partway
1: through it. I still need
0: to read the book though. I'm so behind on all of her stuff. I need to read the book. I need to finish the show
1: that's why it, I picked this book is because it says on the cover, it was like by the author of nine perfect strangers. I was like, I didn't even realize that was a book. Like I had known it was a book, but I like, didn't think about it. Yeah. Um, she
0: did the, uh, big little lies is the same. Yeah. Girl. That's the other one. Um, and we're just going to go on a tangent about Ian Moriarty because I love her. And, um, I think it's the husband's secret. Maybe my husband's, I think it's the husband's, I think it's secret. The husband's secret. Yeah. Amazing. She's like,
1: a lot and she's really good.
0: Yeah. And her, like her twists are always so good. Like you can't, I have yet to like catch her, figure out where one's going. And the audiobooks have always had amazing narrators. They're great for like long car rides. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first one I ever. I think one of the first audiobooks I ever did was Big Little Lies, and yeah. it was like I had like a four hour drive, and I got home and was like, "Well, good, hi family. Um, I'm listening to a book. Goodbye family." I, I like went. never see the
1: ending coming for her either. Like I did not see the ending turning out like this. Like I was like, it, "There's no way it's gonna." It's gonna be this, like that's too obvious. You know what I mean? Like when, mm-hmm. when it's too obvious, then you probably aren't gonna do that thing. Um, but yeah, I had no idea it was gonna go like that. Like I mm. was just like, who killed her?
0: Yeah, I need to know. And I
1: did not yeah. do a Somebody good job.
0: Obviously did. I'm convinced she's happen. dead. And I'm gonna think. Ooh, I don't want to say it. I'm gonna say that the husband and sweet gross I'm gonna say Stan and Savannah have gotten together hopefully not sexually but maybe sexually Ooh. it happens uh, not for me but not to judge and then they teach plot their it, own killing joy and they have hidden her body there's just oh, so no. many options
1: they like go down all of the potential options it's so many, fun yeah. it's such a journey so let me know when you're done with it so we can talk about it
0: <laughs> yes so excited Ugh oh my gosh I feel like we both had really great books like all my books this week, I yeah. love a family drama though like let's be honest a a family like all the twists and turns that go on that it's so good always in yeah I'm excited for next one because so the next topic of the pol- political thrillers was my topic idea and I'm excited because I feel like I've sort of forced you into it so I'm excited, excited to see how you ow I just kicked my table um yeah. how you like your book um
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just read the inside cover of it and I was like, that seems politically and thrillery. So sorry if it's not exact. I felt like it was kind of a wide.
0: It is. It's very, yeah, it's very broad. You can kind of go anywhere with it. I was like, there's Um,
1: war and then there's spies
0: that's thriller and that's. Spies are political. That feels very governmentally. I feel like government, uh, military. I think the one I decided is technically legal, a little mixed in. See, it's going to be great yeah so everyone come back see what we picked on those see if we actually like got the topic down right and if not right. you can you can tell us and recommend a different pick um if anybody has like a really great family drama they want to listen to hit us up let us know we're gonna have to like spend time with our families with the upcoming holidays and we can always use new books to avoid our families with we love them but i want to walk away from them sometimes <laughs> and say i have to read a book so sorry how can uh, I miss you if you won't go away? Exactly. Somebody understands. Thank you. This is why we're friends. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you can check out our socials. is Instagram, Isn't it Past your Bedtime? And Twitter, I-I-P-Y-B underscore pod. You can
1: also check out our website, isn't com to see what's coming up next and what's in our archive.
0: Rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things. Tell your friends, tell your family. It's family season. It's here. Welcome. Tell here. them we like families here. They're pretty cool sometimes. <laughs> Um, even if it's like the family you picked, like we'll pick them over your real family if you say your real family's not very good. We'll we'll believe you. But yeah, Absolutely. we'll talk it everybody later. Bye everyone. Bye.